Welcome to the Faith Podcast. Thank you for tuning in today. I'm Pastor Carrick Butler II. We believe today's message will empower you to make Jesus famous in every area of your life. Here's today's message. You may be seated. We know this is Bible study night. And so, of course, we're going to look into the Word of God to study just what He has to say to us concerning it. Our text scripture for tonight is going to be found in Matthew 28, 18. I'm going to invite you to turn there in your Bibles, if you would, please. Matthew 28. Our subject for tonight is what's in the name? What's in the name? Not my name, not a human's name in the sense that we are naturally human, but what is in the name of Jesus? And so we'll look into that word tonight and find out what Holy Spirit has to say to us concerning it. Matthew 28, we're gonna look at verse 19. Well, we'll start with verse 18. And Jesus came and spake unto them, saying, all power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. Verse 19, go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost. Here we see Jesus himself giving us the power of attorney. He's given us the legal right to use his name. When we consider the name of Jesus and that legal right to use his name, we have to determine what is the value behind that power of attorney. How much is backing it up? How much authority, how much a power is given unto us when we receive that name that has been given to us? In the natural, we know that a power of attorney gives us all rights and all privileges to be able to use uh, whatever has been delegated to us by the person who chooses us as their power of attorney. It gives us every legal right that they own to work in their stead. And so as we look into the word tonight, we'll see how the power of Jesus Christ himself has also given us that power of attorney to use the name. The sad part of that is that a lot of the church of the Lord Jesus Christ has not yet learned the value of the name. We know the name, we know what the scripture says concerning the name, but we have not received the revelation of what that name does entail. And so uh, many persons in the body of Christ may be oppressed, may be depressed, may be sad, mad, or disgusted because they have not taken the opportunity to look into the value of that name and then to do as James 1.22 says, to be a doer and not a hearer only. And so as we look into the word tonight, our full purpose is to help us to see the value to help us to see how we can use that power of attorney to our benefit. The name of Jesus was given to the church. When we read that scripture, we think individually of ourselves, but that power was given to the church to maintain Satan's defeat in the earth. God has already given Jesus that power so that he, when he raised Jesus from the dead, helped him with the abilities of God the Father to defeat Satan on his own territory. It's our right and it's our privilege then to maintain Satan's defeat. We don't have to fight the war anymore. It's already been won. But we do use the power of the name of Jesus to maintain Satan's defeat not just in our individual lives, but as a church. And when we talk about the church, we're talking about the universal church. Every believer is a part of the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. So when I say 
that Christianity overall in many cases has, is oppressed, uh, defeated, uh, not empowered, not because it's not been available to them, but in many cases they do not know the value. And so that's what we'll be looking at tonight, to be able to see the value that's in that name and then to take it and to maintain Satan's defeat in our own personal lives as well in the, as in the lives of others that we minister to. Amen? So the Word of God teaches us that we can use his name in prayer. We can use his name in ministering. We can use in, uh, of course, dealing with demon spirits. The measure of the ability of the Lord Jesus Christ is the measure of the value that we put on that name. If you have a low estimation or you have a low expectation of that name, then you will not reap all of the benefits that's available to you as a Christian. So Jesus has given us an unqualified use of that name. When you have been born again, you have received the Spirit of God within you. When you have received the baptism of the Holy Spirit, then you have that power of God upon you. And as you have been given these gifts inwardly and upon you, then you have that power then to act in that same stead as Jesus did. Not only did he just give us that name, but then he authorized us to take it. He says, go ye into all the world and preach the gospel. And then in Matthew 28, 19, he says not only that, that power that he gave unto us is for both in heaven and in earth. The word of God teaches us that when Jesus was raised from the dead, as he was resurrected, and that as he uh, went to heaven, that he was seated at the right hand of the Father. And if you know anything about uh, even in the natural, when someone is seated, a person of authority has someone seated at that right, their right hand, they are given that same value and that same power as the person they're sitting next to. So here we see Jesus seated at the right hand of God the Father, which means that everything that his Father has in heaven has already been transferred to him. He tells us in 28:19, God the Father gave it to me, now I'm giving it to you, the church. And you have that same power, you have that same right, you have that same privilege to be able to do and to accomplish all of the things that I have done and all of the things that have been accomplished by me in the earth. Now notice it said all power. That word power means right, privilege, or ability. It also means that it's delegated power that has been given to us. That power also means the word authority. So we have the authority to act as Jesus acted into earth, not only to just maintain Satan's defeat, but also that we are, uh, um, that we are uh, also equipped to deal with any demon spirits that may try to involve themselves in our lives. We know that here on the earth that Satan is the G-O-D, small case G, God of this world, and his job is to defeat us. But because of the value of the name that we have, we have that right, privilege, authority to maintain him and keep him under our feet in the name of Jesus. So all the power, all the authority that Jesus had has been given to us. Look at Mark 16. We're going to look at verse 17. Mark 16, 17. We are talking about what is in the name. Mark 16. Look at verse 17 and verse 18. And these signs shall follow them that believe. In my name, or in my authority, shall they cast out devils, they shall speak with new tongues, they shall take up serpents, and if they drink any deadly thing, it shall not hurt them. They shall lay hands on the sick, and they shall recover. When Jesus 
gave us that right or that privilege to use that name. He says, everything that the Father God has invested in me has, in, has been invested in you. And he says, as you go, these are the things that shall follow you because of your authority that has been delegated to you. He says that you will cast out devils, you shall speak with new tongues, you shall take up serpents, not on purpose would you take up one, but in the event that one should appear and you need to remove it, he says that it shall not even hurt you. If you, uh, in error, while you're going in my name, drink any deadly thing, that it won't even harm you. All of this is our covering. All of it is giving us the power, right, privilege, and ability to be as he is in this world. Notice the word told us that as Jesus is, so are we in this world. The church of the Lord Jesus Christ needs to step up and to be able to act as he did in this world as a total body of Christians and believers. When Jesus gave us the legal right to use this name, the Father God already knew that everything that he had invested in his son had also been invested into us. It's the realization of realizing ourselves not in our own ability, but realizing in the power that's invested in us that we can use that name, that we can maintain Satan's defeat, that we can witness to others we can also lay hands on the sick. We can watch them recover. We can make demons tremble because of the use of that name. But until we get to that realization, then it will be head knowledge and not knowledge from our very spirit. Because once you have that revelation in your spirit, there is no fear that you will move about doing everything that Jesus did on this earth in the name of Jesus. If you have, as I said before, a low estimation of looking at your own personal self of the things that you could do in this world, if you have a low estimation of the power that God has given you then and what Jesus Christ has transferred to us, then you won't move about in this earth as a Christian as he would expect you to. There are situations and circumstances that appear oftentimes in our lives, not personally, but maybe in those that we are around where we could use the value of that name to help deliver that person out of the situation or circumstance that they're in, but because we don't feel that we can do it, we don't step up. But it's not about you. It's not about us. It's all about that value that has been placed and transferred to us by the name of Jesus. Remember in the scripture, it tells us that not only did God give Jesus a name, but he also gave him a more excellent name. So let's take a look at uh, what God has said about Jesus. He said that there are at least three different ways in the natural that men receive their names. First of all, you can receive a great name by inheritance. For instance, a king um, who passes out uh, of this world has sons. Those sons then will step up in the place of where their father was, and just because their father was a king, they'll become a king. And then there's names that are made great by personal achievement. I believe tonight over at the New Sun Stadium, they're honoring Hank Aaron for his achievement as what? A great baseball player. They're making a statue to him because, uh, unveiling a statue to him because of his achievements. Uh, still others have a great name that's conferred upon them. And when a name is conferred upon them, it's an honor that has been given unto them. And so Jesus' name being excellent and the transfers of that name to us, not only has, has he a more excellent name, but also what's resident in that excellent name is transferred to, to us in the name of Jesus. Now, there are three ways, as I mentioned, that men were given their excellent names, but look what Jesus had. Jesus' name came by all three means. 
Jesus' name is great because he inherited a great name. The word of God says that God himself, when he looked upon his son at the, uh, at the baptism of John, he said, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. Here we see that that beloved son, that transfer of that name, that transfer of that power towards God is his recognition that what I have now is also prevalent in the life of my son. His name is great because of his achievements. What did Jesus do when he was here on the earth? He healed the sick. He raised the dead. He opened blind eyes. He opened deaf ears. He commanded demons to flee and cast them out. And all of this, he said, has been given to the church. And most of the church does not operate in all of those things. But he says that power is available to you. And not only is his name great because it was conferred upon him, but the word of God tells us in Hebrews 1, if you'll turn there, Hebrews chapter 1, verses 1 through 6, we're going to see that he is heir of all things. Hebrews chapter 1, verse number 6. Remember, as he is, so are we in this world. Hebrews chapter 1. God, who at sundry times and in diverse manners spake in the past unto the fathers by the prophets, hath in these last days spoken unto us by his Son, whom he hath appointed heir of all things. Jesus Christ is an appointed heir by the Father God by whom also he made the worlds, who being the brightness of his glory and the express image of his person and upholding all things by the word of his power, when he had by himself purged our sins, sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high, being made so much, so much better than the angels as he hath by inheritance obtained a more excellent name than they. For unto which of the angels said he at any time, Thou art my son, this day have I begotten thee, and again I will be to him a father, and he shall be to me a son. And again, when he bringeth in the first begotten into the world, he saith, and let all the angels of God worship him. So we see according to verse 4, He's the heir of all things. He's the express image of God, his father. He is God speaking to us. And he is by inheritance, the obtainer of a more excellent name. This day have I begotten thee, he said in Psalms 2, 7, and recognized him as his beloved son. In John chapter 1, verses 1 through 4, we see that Jesus Christ was in the very beginning uh, with the Father. And the question might be, well, why did he just recognize him as his son uh, by those words? Well, he preexisted with the Father. But notice that Holy Spirit then came and empowered him when he said, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. And because of that conference then, we have that same right and that same ability. So there are three worlds that this most excellent name has power in, and that is number one in heaven, number two in earth, and number three in hell, which is under the earth. So all of this is because of the power, because of the excellence of the name of the Lord Jesus, and those three things that we just mentioned are things that we have to deal with today. Uh, the word tells us that as believers, we are seated in heavenly places with Christ Jesus. And it talks about the fact that Jesus being far above all principalities, all power, mights, and dominion shows us that upon his being resurrected from the dead, 
that all of these things were, became subject unto him. Um, principalities, powers, these are all different classes of demon spirits. And because of his resurrected power, then he was able to conquer in this world, in the world, under the world, and to be seated at the right hand of the Father. And he's saying this same transfers is to you. So as we have to deal with the things in this world, he says you've already been given the ability to overcome it all. The only thing that you have to do is to exercise what has been given unto you. So God seated him in the highest place in the university and the universe at his own right hand and made him to be um, head over all things. Now, what was the purpose for God doing this? God made this investment for the benefit of the church. He has made this deposit on which the church has a right to draw for her every need. Every need that we have, every need that the church as a whole had, we have a right to draw from that deposit that God made into the life of Jesus' son, which has been transferred to us. We have the right to use the name against our enemies. We have the right to use it in our petitions and our prayers. We have the right to use it in our praise and worship. That name has been given unto us, and it belongs to us. So then you would ask the question, how do I go about then using that name so that it becomes effective? Because knowing about the name, just knowing it in your head, and not having the revelation of the power that's behind it, you cannot necessarily receive all the benefits that comes from it. So that means what do, is it that I have to do? I have to get into the Word, not just read the Word. I have to study the Word. And there's a difference between reading and studying. When you give it your all, when you run references, when you meditate on it, when you chew it over and over and over in your minds, and it becomes a part of your innermost beings, when those circumstances and situations come up, then immediately, without even having to think, you act on it. You'll lay hands on the sick and believe them to recover. You'll defeat Satan at his own territory when he comes up against you or those that may be around you. You'll speak that word and watch it come into action and to being because of what has been implanted in your spirit. So that gives us, even though the name has been given to us, it's up to us then to use it to our great benefit. And then it says we have the right to use it in our praise and in our worship. We know that praise steals the avenger. We know that worship brings the power of God on the scene. And we were made and created to worship him, our prayer and our praise. When we pray, we should begin our prayers, Father God, in the name of Jesus. When we end our prayers, we ought to end it. Father God, thank you, Father, in the name of Father God, in the name of Jesus. Why? Because we believe that what we have prayed for has already come to pass. It may not have manifested this moment, but I believe it because I see it with the eye of faith that it is going to pass, come to pass in God's own timing and in the fact that we are watering it with the word that we speak day in and day out, fully expecting it. Turn with me, if you will, to Philippians chapter 2. We're going to look at verse 9 and 10. Philippians 2, verse 9, 10. Wherefore, God also hath highly exalted him and given him a name which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow of things in heaven and things in earth and things under the earth, and that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. As I said before, the name of Jesus is not just an ordinary name. When we speak that name, not only do demons tremble, 
But when we speak that name, power is affected in our own life. I know personally of a situation that I had uh, where really and truly I was in danger of losing my life. It was about three weeks prior to our daughter's wedding, and I had had uh, a custom-built wrought iron um, Italian flower cart being built to uh, display her, her wedding cake in that flower cart. And I had gone down to the ironworks place that day to be able to make the last payment on the cart uh, before it was delivered to the reception hall. And I was driving a small luxury car that I will not name. And in the traffic, it was about 5 o'clock in the afternoon, and there was, of course, the normal 5 o'clock traffic. And I was coming from the ironworks place, driving normally. It was about a 45 uh, to 50 speed limit on that particular street. And all of a sudden, out of the clear blue sky with no indication at all, everything in that car froze. The stern wheel locked, the doors locked, the brakes locked, the gas pedal locked, and I could not do anything. And it took off as fast as it could go. Now here in front of me, about a quarter of a mile down the road, is the stoplight, and all of the traffic that's in front of me is slowing down because eventually that light is about to change. On both sides of the road that I'm on, there are parked cars, and I could do nothing. I could not make it stop. I could not make it open the doors. I could not put on brakes. I couldn't do anything. Only thing I could think of was, Lord, my daughter is not going to have a mother at her wedding. And that car proceeded to keep picking up speed. By this time, cars are beginning to stop now because the light is about to change. Only thing I could do was call the name of Jesus. I didn't even have time to be scared because it had happened so quickly that I didn't have time to think I'm scared. The only thing I knew was that there is danger ahead. Not only is it going to be danger for me, but if I hit one of those cars, there's a chain reaction for all those people that are lined up in that car. And when I said that name, remember I told you there are cars parked on both sides. As fast as that car was going forward, it started going in reverse. And there was no place for that car. After it started to back up, there was one small space that was not big enough for a car to park in, but because there was a light, the street light lamp. That car, as fast as it was going forward, started going backwards, and it backed up. Now, notice it's going straight, but it backed up into that one little spot so the back end could get in that little spot. And when it did, it hit a light post, that light post. And all I could see was smoke and flames, because when it hit that pole, all of the electric wires fell down over the car. It started to burn the paint, and it started to burn the tires off the car. But as soon as it hit that light post, all the doors popped open. Well, the locks did. I could hear the locks. And the stern wheel, you can move the stern wheel. Of course, it was not drivable for me at that time. But when the doors opened, I knew I was out of there. So I didn't care whether it was drivable or not. But I could not see the street because of the smoke from the burning the tires, the rubber, and from burning the paint. All I could see was the flame. But I stepped out. And when I stepped out with all those electric wires burning, I didn't even touch a wire. If I had, I would have been electrocuted on the spot. But the Lord took my feet, that name of Jesus, protected me. I was able to step between those flames and to step over those live wires. Nobody can't tell me the name of Jesus does not work. 
and I did not have a scratch. The ambulance came, of course, took me to the hospital, checked me out and all of that, but I was fine. So when I went home and I told my husband what had happened, he said, oh, you just panic. So you just panic or something and made it do that. I was like, no, I did not. And so, of course, they took the car and then they repaired, you know, where it had been damaged on the back end, you know, backing into the pole and all of that and sent the car home. So I'm driving the car again, but nobody looked up under the hood. And so I'm driving the car again, and this time I'm on my way to work. At that time, I worked for one of the uh, large automobile manufacturers in my city. I'm on the freeway and going about my 60, 70 miles an hour to work. She took off again. Same thing. And I was by, you know how on the freeways now they're building these tall concrete walls? I was driving on that side next to one of those concrete walls and she took off going as fast as she could again and locked in. And I thought, Lord Jesus, I'm on the freeway now. Everybody's moving 70, 60 miles an hour. And just as fast as that car started going forward, this time it didn't back up, but this time I called the name of Jesus. And it took off and it ran right up to that brick wall. And as soon as it got within inches of it, it stopped. Didn't hit the brick wall. I would have been hurt again. The front end of the car is going at full speed. And so I got out of that car, and I called Mr. Butler. I said, come and get your car, because I am not driving this car home. And I did not. So again, I don't think he thought I was serious. But one day, he took the car. That car did that same thing again. So he came home and he says, nobody drives this car anymore. Well, what had happened was there was a recall on the car in the engine, and we did not know, at least I did not know. And look how the name of Jesus is our protection. He not only protects us, he protects our families. He protects those that are around us. Now, we don't use the name of Jesus just as a rabbit foot, you know, luck, or something like that, but he says, when you need me, because you have that revelation of who I am on the inside, you can depend on me. You can call me and I'm there. The very power of heaven is behind that name and it will work for you. But you have to get it down on in, in your spirit to know that I don't know how the how, I don't know the where, I don't know the when. I just know when you need him, he's there at the mention of that name. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Glory to God. So the name of Jesus is not used as an ordinary name. It's used for the power and the significance and the authority. And the good part about it all is that we have a right he says, you have a right to use my name. That's what he told us in Matthew 28, 18. He says, all power, meaning all authority, all rights and privileges have been granted to you as my child. When you became a believer, that power then was transferred uh, onto you. Now, we know that Jesus was not only given that name by conference from the Father, but he was given that name by conquest. Um, look at Ephesians chapter 1, verse 20 and 21. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 20 and 20 to 21. This is the prayer of the Apostle Paul that he prays, and I encourage you to learn this prayer and to pray this prayer on a daily basis for yourself, and to put your own name into this prayer, where you could say, I, and give your name, cease not to give thanks for you, make a mention of you in my prayers, and et cetera, and et cetera. But verse 20 says, which he wrought in Christ, when he raised him from the dead, 
and set him at his own right hand in the heavenly places, where? Far above all principalities, this is demon territory, power and might and dominion and every name that is named, not only in this world, but also in that which is to come. So we see that God himself has given him that name by conquest. He has defeated Satan on his own territory. Every principality, every power, every might, and every dominion that an evil spirit had, God has already given Jesus the power to conquer it, and that also has been transferred to us. Well, many people will say, well, I'm afraid uh, of a demon spirit, and you, the ooh of a demon spirit. Well, he's afraid of you. When you know who you are, when you know the power that you have, he's afraid of you. If God himself has transferred that power to Jesus, and Jesus himself says that at the mention of his name, that everything in the earth, under the earth, and in heaven has to, has to do what? Come to bow at that name. Do you not know that that demon there is considered in the world and under the world? And he has to do what? He has to acquiesce to the request of the Lord Jesus Christ. That dominion, that power has been placed in us. We don't have to be afraid of a demon spirit. The only way you need to be afraid is when you have not known what that name implies. You want to take that authority that has been given to you and use it on a daily basis. I don't mean use it frivolously, but there's opportunities not only for yourself, but with all of the things that are happening in this world, all of the things that's happening in Atlanta, there's something to pray about and use our authority to defeat it. With the many things that's going on in our government, not only just talking about all the things that are not right, but use the name of Jesus to bring it into conformance to what it is that God would have for our nation, what God would have for our governments, how they should act, the laws that they should pass, the bills that they should write, to bring it all in subjection under his name. And we can use our authority in prayer to make sure that that comes to pass. Can we not? So in Paul's prayers for the church, he stated that God had raised Christ from the dead and set him at his own right hand in the heavenlies, far above all principalities, powers and might and dominion and every name that is named. So Jesus was a conqueror. The word of God tells us that as we, are, as we are like him in this world, Romans 8.37 says we are more than a conqueror to him that loves us. You have to see yourself as a conqueror. You have to believe that you are a conqueror because of the power that's invested in the name. Colossians 2.15 says, and having spoiled principalities and powers, he made a show of them openly, triumphing over them in it. Another translation says that Jesus put to naught principalities in power, making a show of them openly, triumphing over them in it. Another translation says he paralyzed them. Well, he paralyzed Satan. We used to sing a song, paralyzed, paralyzed. The devil lost the battle. Jesus won the fight. He's given me the victory. He's paralyzed every might. We used to sing that a lot in the old church. But the devil is not as powerful as you might think because of the name of Jesus. And so having spoiled principalities, powers and uh, uh, powers, um, I'm thinking in terms of what I read concerning uh, in the Roman Empire. When the Roman army would go out to fight, when they conquered and won and they were the victors, they would bring about their, back their prisoners and in a parade and march them down the main street. They would have them march in front of them and they would have all the spoils, everything that they had taken from them, their gold and their silver, and they displayed it and showed that they were the victor. Well, it says when Jesus conquered Satan, when he was raised from the dead, it said that he made a show of them openly. He didn't hide it. The victory was his. 
When we have that victory because of the name of Jesus, we need to testify to the fact that what God has done, because that name that's above every name has worked on our behalf in the name of Jesus. Amen? Ephesians 6, 12 says, For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. The ones that we wrestle against, I told you, are the same that Jesus did. But remember what that translation said? It said it put to naught. Put to naught means reduced to nothing. So we don't have to be afraid of demon spirits because he and his cohorts has been reduced to nothing. He has been put to naught. And we're the more than a conqueror. Amen? So what's in the name? Power in the name. Dominion in the name. Healing in the name. Deliverance in the name. Salvation in the name. And it all belongs to us. Amen? So when we use the name of Jesus, it will bring reality in our lives. You can repeat the name of Jesus like a parrot, you know, a parrot will say, Polly wants a cracker, and you, and you say it, and, and the parrot will say it. But he's only saying it because he heard it. Well, that's not how we use it. We're not a parrot that's just repeating something. We're saying it because we are expecting whatever is behind that name and all heaven is behind that name to work on our behalf. Amen? And when you know what that name has implied, it implies the fact that Jesus Christ was resurrected. It implies the fact that all authority, because he was resurrected, was his. It implies that all authority that was given unto him is ours. It implies that the church then, as we march together in the things of the word, can become that victorious church. Amen? And so there is authority in the name of Jesus because the one who has the key has the authority. If someone gives you a key to their home, they gave you the authority, the right to enter that home. When my children come here to Atlanta, they have a key. If I'm home or not, they have the key, they know they can enter in because they have what, been authorized to use that key. Well, we have been given that key, the name of Jesus. We have been authorized here on this earth, here in the heavenlies, to do what? To walk in that full power, might, and authority that he has given. So that name that's above every name in heaven, earth, and hell, realize what that name means, and we need to realize it as well. That name is just as mighty as he is. That name is just as powerful as he is. That name is just as great as he is. That's the reason it's a more excellent name. Think about how excellent Jesus is. And when you know how excellent he is, then you know how excellent that authority is. In the name of Jesus, he has authorized us. He has commissioned us as well. When it says he has commissioned us, when he told us to go, that means that he has entrusted us. He has entrusted us to use his name, us, the ones that had to be saved from our sins. Because as he looks upon us, he does not see who we were. He sees who we are in him. And he has entrusted us with that power to be able to use it in the right ability, in the right authority, in the right power, so that it brings about saints' defeat and uh, saints' maintenance in the earth. And not only that, one thing we have to realize that when Jesus was um, seated in heavenly places at the right hand of the Father God, we are also seated there with him positionally. In our bodies, natural bodies, we have not gotten there yet, but in our position as a believer, we are seated there in heavenly places at the right hand of the Father. What did we say about that right hand? That right hand then gave you the, the full right privilege and authority as the one that was conferring it. 
So you have to look at yourself, not because of your accomplishments, but for what Jesus has done in us and through us by his means, you have to see yourself then as valuable and precious and entrusted to use that name of Jesus. And so whatever ye do, Colossians 3.17 says, in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God and the Father by him. So whatever we do in service to him, whatever it is that we do in honor of him, he said to do it all in his name, not in my name, not in the president's name, not in the pastor's name, but we do all in his name, given what? Glory and honor to his name. In the early days, the church, everything the church did, they did all in the name of Jesus. They taught in the name of Jesus. They exercised the authority that had been given them in the name of Jesus. And so on a day-to-day -day basis, if it's just you're giving thanks when you wake up in the morning, you ought to give thanks in the name of Jesus. As you pray before you move on in the morning, asking the Lord Jesus to direct your pathway to make it safe, you ought to give thanks in advance in the name of Jesus. As you ask the Father to help you progress in the things of God during the course of that day and to accomplish all that he would have you to do that day, then you do that in the name of Jesus as well. The name should be so on our lips and mean so much to us that people outside of the church world today would see Christ in us, the hope of glory, and be drawn to him simply because of the name of Jesus. And so there's our ways that we need to accomplish and come to a realization of how to release God's authority and the earth, and I jotted down four things. First of all, it says, speak the word. Speak the word. Jesus repeatedly used the word when tempted. The enemy does not like to hear the words of scripture. There are temptations that are forever in this earth. Satan is always trying to tempt, test, and try our belief. But when you speak the words of Jesus, he wants no part and he wants no lot in you. Remember what Jesus did when he was, when he was uh, taken up into the high places? When Satan offered him all the things of the world, what did Jesus do? He spoke the word of God. And then not only are we to speak it, but we're to act on the word. So saying and doing, James 1, makes us have that victory that we need. The second thing is to ask the Holy Spirit to reveal spiritual strongholds in your life, those things that would hinder you. It says, ask the Holy Spirit, if you don't recognize it, to help you to see. Confront the enemy by standing on your legal authority in Jesus. Verbally rebuke the enemy and his cohorts, as Jesus did. Not only do you rebuke Satan, but all of his imp friends. In the name of Jesus, command it to stop whatever it is that he's doing to try to bring you under his subjection. And then we are to humble ourselves at the feet of Jesus. Third thing, pray in tongues. This should be a daily part of your everyday giving of thanks. It says pray in tongues, simply uh, speak out the name of Jesus or sing in the spirit in, in worship because Satan doesn't want to hear any part of that. Not only do we just speak in tongues, but we also sing in our worship and in our praise to God because the enemy hates all of these actions. He wants no part of it. Then number four, number four, claim protection over your person or property or when going on a journey. When I leave my house every day, when I back out that driveway, I ask the Father, God, in the name of Jesus, to protect my home, the land, and its contents, and keep it safe from all destructive forces of any kind. 
I may not even know which name's the name, but I said all of them in the name of Jesus. And I do that on a regular basis. If I'm just going to the store, I ask the Lord to protect my home. I also ask him to protect my children, whether near, far, whether in the air, on the ground, at work, at play, at leisure, sleeping, waking. I plead that blood of Jesus over them because Satan does not want anything to do with the blood. I rebuke him in the name of Jesus, and I claim the protection that's in the word because of the name of Jesus that I have been given that authority to use. And so we have a right to use that name. Um, it is conferred on the church. It's a right that belongs to every child of God. We are baptized in the name of Jesus. We are baptized into Christ himself. Then if you are a member of the body of Christ, then you are an heir of God. The word says not only are we an heir, but we're also a joint heir with Jesus Christ. And so what's in a name? Power, right, authority, ability. All of the things that's behind heaven is behind the name of Jesus. So we want to use the name on a regular basis. We want to study the word so that we know what value is in that name. We want to use it not only for our own selves, but we want to use it for those that are around us. We want to use it as a unified body in our church congregation. We want to give thanks unto his name and be available to be used by him as a vessel unto honor. Amen? So if there's anyone here tonight that perhaps you don't know the Lord Jesus Christ as your own. I hope you enjoyed today's message. We never want to close a broadcast without giving you an opportunity to make Jesus the Lord of your life. So if you've never asked him into your heart, you've never made him your Lord and Savior, pray this prayer with me today and mean it from your heart. Say, Heavenly Father, I believe that Jesus is your son. I believe that he died for me, but on the third day, you raised him from the dead. Dear Lord Jesus, come into my heart. Save me now. Forgive me of my sins. Fill me with your spirit and help me to live this Christian life. If you prayed that prayer and meant it from your heart, we believe you've been born again. We ask that you email us at info at FCCGA.com. That's FCCGA.com to let us know about the decision you've made for Christ today. Have an amazing day.